Good evening, and thank you again for tuning into Miscreant. It's Jackson Reed, your host, and like my fellow classmates, as seniors at Boca Del Mar High School, right now I should be studying for my AP tests. I should be practicing soccer. I should be at art club. And yet, here I am, 2 a.m. in my room, reading newspaper clippings from 1999 about... Boca senior Robert Gray being kicked out of school for a surprising 115%. Now, why am I here? Why am I not having the senior year I always pictured? It's because I stumbled into this case. This case that's gotten so deep, convoluted, it's driving me crazy. I knew we had to start figuring things out. The case was getting cold. And if we didn't start putting this together, I feared we'd never be able to get to the bottom of this thing. Mr. Green, it's me, William Henn, producer on the series. I'm here interviewing you, and you just said that Thomas Blinder painted the painting that sits behind you in your office titled Gunk Junk. Well, William, you, you just barged into my office, pointed at the painting, and said, What does it all mean? What is Gunk Junk? And, well, it's the name of the painting. We think that gunk junk is important to this search, and it's cropped up in a number of different locations throughout our investigation. First of all, it's the name of the painting behind you. Second of all, it's what Robert Gray said that he threw around in science class with Thomas Blinder. Third of all, it's the password to the Blinternet beta trial. And fourth of all, we found out last episode that gunk junk repeated over and over and over again is what busted the glass in the Boca AV booth. So I guess my question is, what the hell is gunk junk? You know, the fact that Thomas Blinter ended up being valedictorian is one of those facts that never made sense in my mind. Getting 115% on every test starting late in your junior year may seem like it's not enough time to play catch up with the smartest people at the school, but actually that one year and two months of scoring 115% catapulted Thomas Blinter to the top of the GPA rankings. I decided to call up Suzanne Anderson, the would-be valedictorian who was pushed down to salutatorian because of that. Thomas Blinder? Yes, I remember Thomas Blinder. You were the top student at Boca for 3.9 years until he stole a first place ranking from you in the final month of senior year. I mean, what did you know about that guy? Were you surprised? Well, I was surprised that he won valedictorian, seeing as I was a much, much better student. Everyone knows that I should have gotten that. But I'm not surprised that he was up to some crooked antics. I mean, that's the only way he could have won. And, and Suzanne, how would you have described yourself in high school? In high school, well, I was nerdy, kept my head down, worked very, 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 very hard to get valedictorian. It was pretty much my only character trait at that time, so when he won, I didn't even know who I was. Working hard and being nerdy remind you of anyone you know? Only myself. Well, I'd like to think of myself, you know, with those qualities too. Recently, I've had a tough time in my classes spending so much time on this investigative podcast, though. Oh, I'm sorry, Jackson. I guess I just don't know you very well. But I understand. I understand what it's like to work hard and not get what you deserve. Uh, Suzanne, can I ask you, what did everyone think when this dumb football vice captain suddenly catapulted to the top of the rankings? 
Gosh, I think most people thought that he finally just used his drive to get really good at school, but I never believed it. I thought he must be cheating or something of the sort. I even tried tailing him one day, but you know, I couldn't really tail him during my classes because I'm such a serious student, so I really only saw him at lunchtime. But I saw some pretty weird stuff, to be honest. He was talking to his friend Robert Gray the whole time. That wasn't out of the ordinary. Then he was eating his chicken nuggets, also not out of the ordinary. But then he did take his dessert off of his tray and shove it into his pocket. And then he grabbed everybody else's desserts and shoved it into his pocket as well. Wait, Su Su Susanna, I'm trying to understand this. You're telling me a, a, a senior vice captain of a football team with 115% somehow in his brain found a reason to pick up desserts and put them into his pocket? I, I mean, why would someone need that much energy? I mean, in his defense, it was a really, really, really delicious dessert. That year we had a Latvian chef, and they made this thing called Junka Junka. Junka Junka? Now that was a word I never heard before. I had to find the chef and learn exactly what it was. I looked through the Boca del Mar yellow pages until I found the chef. The chef's name was Chef Maltriva, and she lived in an old folks home nearby. I hopped in my Prius and drove over there. I sat down with Chef Maltriva and uh, asked about this whole Junka Junk dessert thing. Thanks for talking with me, chef. You are welcome. To ask you the question that's on my whole production team's mind, what is Junka Junka? Oh, Junka Junka. The most delicious dessert in all of Great Latvia. Junka Junka is made with special herbs and powders from the Latvian countryside. Wow, herbs and powders in a dessert? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yes, most are made with flour, which is indeed a powder. But this one, of course, is made with a special powder from the Latvian oil refinery area. It is the most powerful oil, and all the plants that grow near it are the most powerful plants in all of the Latvian area. <laughs> Sounds almost magical. You could call it that, or you could call it nutrition. As I walked away from the senior home that afternoon back into my Prius, there was just one thing I could not get out of my mind. I mean, it's the thing that started this whole investigation. Mrs. Harrison, in her retirement speech, mentioned some technology, mentioned some student. It was a clue that started this whole thing off. I put the speech on my phone, plugged my aux cord into my Prius, and on the drive home, I listened to Mrs. Harrison's retirement speech once more. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, the time has come for me to leave your school. Boca del Mar will have to survive without me. But now I'm going on to bigger and better things. More digital things, as you might say. As I reflect on my time here at Boca del Mar High, I'll remember all sorts of things. Teaching students, grading papers, Eating delicious desserts. Oh, which reminds me. Making patents with students. Particularly one student. Anyhow, I now must go. I wish Boca del Mar the best. Goodbye! 
Making patents with students. Making patents with students? How can I be so stupid? It was right in front of me the whole time. I put my Prius in the sports mode and I rushed to the Boca Del Mar Archival Center. I knocked on the door loudly until the archivist finally came out. An archive you seek? Have a peek. Come in and check our records and find what you seek. Thank you, sir. How might I help? I'm the archivist. Looking for history? I am. The archivist was old and looked like a troll. He had a hood on, covering his face. He seemed somewhere between demon and man. But I knew if I wanted to answer to this puzzle, I'd have to answer his riddles. Go on. Riddle one. What is the time period of the record you seek? Give me this data. Your answer I'll, uh, seek. I'm looking for patents filed jointly by a Boca Del Mar student and teacher in the year 1999. I mean, come on, how many of them could there be? Riddle 2. A beast with no name, a horse with long mane. What's the ISBN number of the document name? I couldn't figure it out until... Once again... The one word that seemed to solve every puzzle in this goddamn investigation. The ISBN number must be gunk junk. Convert letters to numbers. Hexadecimal indeed. Why, here's the data printout. It's all that you need. I grabbed the piece of paper from the old troll's hand and raced back to my Prius. I made it home as soon as I could. Once in my room, I opened the patent. It was a patent for the Blinternet. I flipped through the pages, trying to figure out what exactly the hell I was looking at. Until one page made it perfectly, perfectly clear. On page 7 of U.S. patent Gunk Junk, there was a key new discovery, the likes of which would now be owned forever, jointly, by Mrs. Harrison and Thomas Blinder. It was a unique power source, something to power computers that would be faster than the speed of light, something that would create a revolution in technology and everything else. The key to this power source was a rare Latvian oil found in the Junka Junka dessert pastry. Yes, that same pastry that Thomas Blinder used to steal from all other students, shove into his pockets, and then presumably use it to power the Blinternet. Hello? Who is this? This is an anonymous call from Robert Gray. I'm masking my identity using an audio masker. Okay. I know our last interview got cut short because of a phone call I received, but I've been racked with guilt and I have to come clean. Jackson, I'm sorry if this destroys your investigation, but I did cheat on that bio test all those years ago. Me and Thomas Blinder were tossing around gunk junk because the more you tossed it, the more it juiced up the oils. And once you ate it, it made you a super student. You could do a test like it was nobody's business, but goddammit, I didn't know what Blinder would do. Once I was expelled, he became power hungry. He took that oil and... Well, I think you know the rest, Jackson. He created the Blinternet, didn't he? You're goddamn right. <sighs> well, I'm starting to get scared here, Robert. I mean... The Blinternet is the most powerful tool in the central southern coast of California. I mean, am I in danger? Jackson, that's the other reason I called you. 
You need to get all your recording equipment out of the Boca booth and get out of town. Now, you get in your car, you put it on turbo mode, and you get going. I gotta go, I can't talk no more. Wait, Robert! A phone call like that can leave you shaking, weeping, and crying like a baby. And it did the exact same to me. For two weeks, I didn't dare say the word gunk junk, nor even look at a computer. For two weeks, I called this investigation off. I told the AV club that I hit a dead end and that we weren't going to be able to make the podcast. But that's not the right thing to do. And at Boca Del Mar, we do the right thing. Tune in next week for episode four, when really hits the fan. <laughs>